words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Good morning, everyone. So we're going to share this morning about diplomats from Babylon. This is the ancient Babylonian city, and this is exactly the Tower of Babel, which was left uncompleted. This is how the city looked. You see a bigger picture of the city of Babylon. When you hear Babylon, what comes to your mind? Ancient, that's a good word. What else comes to your mind? Powerful, okay. What else comes to your mind? Idolatry, that comes to your mind. What else comes to your mind when you hear the word Babylon? What do you think about? Mm. Anyone? What do you think about? Recklessness, yes, yes wealth yes influence okay anything comes to your mind babylon yeah anything comes to your mind oppressors that's actually quite a good one anything else on this side when you hear babylon what comes to your mind tyranny yes yeah godlessness yes powerful yeah captivity infirmity depravity yeah all of those words capture Babylon and a little even more so when you hear diplomats from Babylon you just probably think like these are this man's people or you think ancient but actually diplomats are people who represent a country and they should look more like this so when you hear envoys from Babylon don't just think in history think like if Iraq was available today representing Babylon what would it be like if Babylon was alive in 2019 what it would be like it would absolutely be like this it would be contemporary oppressors people who use legal systems modern systems technology financial system to rule the world so Babylon is not just something that got stuck in 6,000 years ago Babylon therefore is a way of thinking that is still available today and this is Babylon so let's open our Bibles this story we're going to read is from 2nd Kings chapter 20 verse 12 to 19 it is exactly the same in Isaiah chapter 39 verse 1 to 8 so maybe we should read 2nd Kings chapter 2 verse 12 to 19 someone should read for us at that time Berodak Baladan is son of Baladan Berodak Baladan, a son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah listened to and welcomed them, and foolishly showed them all his treasure house, the silver and gold and spices and precious oil, and his armory, and everything that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, palace, nor in all his realm, that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say that will cause you to do this for them? From where have they come to you? Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, from Babylon. Isaiah said, What have they seen in your house? Hezekiah answered, They have seen everything that is in my house, palace. There is nothing in my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the time is coming when everything that is in your house and that your fathers have stored up until this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your son's descendants who will be born to you will be taken away as captives and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he thought, Is it not good if at least there will be peace and security in my lifetime? Wow, that's, a, that's such a man. So Hezekiah was the king of Israel at this time. Uh, but the first character I want you guys to memorize is a guy called Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan. Repeat after me. Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan. I can't hear you. You know, some of you, when you arrive in heaven, there are so many names that you will struggle with. Like, like some of the smaller prophets, which you don't read. Yeah? 
I hope there are no people here who, who avoid some books of the Bible, like Nahum. You know, like which other books are there that we don't read? Titus, <laughs> Obadiah. <laughs> so please read the whole Bible. It contains the Word of God. So repeat after me: Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan. So that was the king of Babylon at this time. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar. At this time it was Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan. That was the king of Babylon at this time. Then the next character in this story is a man called what? Hezekiah. He was the sink king of Israel who God had mercy on and had prayed and wept and said, God, I'm so sick. I'm going to die. And God had mercy on him. And then the third character in this story is Isaiah. So it means that Hezekiah was a king at the time when Isaiah was the prophet. Okay. Remember, that means that Uzziah was a king right before what? Hezekiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah chapter 6. Right. So it means that I want you to connect scripture with scripture. So Isaiah chapter 6 says that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So Isaiah's ministry goes moved to a totally different place. But Isaiah was such a profound king that he had the ministry, a clear expression with kings. So his message resonated with the king. So he had access to the palace. So he was connected first of all to Uzziah and now he's connected also to Hezekiah. Do you understand? So in this time was when the word of God came to Isaiah and said to him, go to the palace. Your man has done something again. And when he got there, he says, who came to visit? And then everything went upside down from there. From this story, there are a few things. I don't want to jump into the story too far because I've laid it out in a very sequential way so that you can pack it together. So you can unpack it together. But the first thing is these three characters are very, very interesting. And Hezekiah was sick and then prayed to God. We didn't read that part. That's the first part from verse 1 to 20. It was when he got sick and he prayed to God and said, God, please Look at all I've done. I've rebuilt your temple. I'm a good guy. Please have mercy on me. And God said to him, okay. Isaiah was the one who delivered the message. So you put your house in order for you're about to die. Then after Isaiah delivered the message, Isaiah was leaving and went home. And God told Isaiah, go back and tell him, I've heard his prayer and I've added 15 years. It was in the 15 years that God added to his life that this scenario happened ambassadors from Babylon came to visit envoys from Babylon came to visit and then he took them into the temple of God showed them everything that was in the temple took them into his king's palace showed them everything that was in his palace it was like a type of a believer who takes an unbeliever through their life you know take an unbeliever through everything that is important to you you're sharing holy things with an unbeliever and the person does doesn't get it the person is stepping all over it with sandy shoes you understand it's like you have your life clean carpeted and then you lay it before someone who is full of swine and the person just actually just walks through your entire life with their swine filled feet that was the same thing that Hezekiah did so let's talk about Babylon a bit. Babylon was actually a wonder of the ancient world. It was very, people still talk about the hanging gardens of Babylon. It was like a architectural masterpiece in this day. The cities were well organized. The streets were well paved. You know, some stories indicate that hanging gardens of Babylon went hundreds of feet into the air. The city of Babylon, the King Nebuchadnezzar, was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. In addition to its size, Babylon surpasses in splendor any city in the known world. This was a Greek historian in 450 BC that talks about Babylon. In before Christ, 500, 500 years before Christ, Babylon was the biggest empire 
ever known to man. Its reach went over so many countries. You know, the walls of the city was 56, 56 miles in depth. The streets enough for two cars to pass at the same time. Inside the double walls were fortresses and temples, contains uh, gold. They conquer your country, you take your gold, your economy, your economic base and take it away. Right. And of course, like every time you see the picture of Babylon, you see the Tower of Babel right at his heart. If, I mean, if you remember the story of the Tower of Babel, which the children of at that time started to construct and said, let's get up to God. And they had to abandon when God changed their language in Genesis. So this story flowed all the way into ancient Babylon and now was impacting the people of God. Right. So Babylon was a center for entertainment and performance, like you said. And I think you guys brought all of this out already. It's a place for wealth and beauty, political power and pride. But it was also a place for sexual orgies. The kings were fed with harems and it was actually their temple worship was also uh, worship of sex. So men and women went into the temple and they had sex in the temple as a worship to the goddesses of Babylon. So that's what Babylon was like. So in summary, Babylon was a citadel of world domination, an empire running the ancient world. If we brought Babylon to 21st century, which city would be Babylon? Which country would be Babylon today? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> Center for commerce and big business exchange. Yeah, menacing military went village to village and town to town, capturing leaders for expansion. He uses imperialism, using cultural language to swallow up other territories. So when they took Daniel, Hushel, Michel, and Azariah. They named them Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One of the things, oh, you want to change someone's power, change their name, alter their name, and then that person will lose who they are. So what do bullies do in school when they want to put someone down? They change their name and give you a derogatory name and force that name down your neck. One of the things it does is that it changes your confidence level and then and then when you fight with someone and you want to put them down what do you do name them pin something on them give a dog a bad name and hang it that's what people do when you want to change something at the national level you use cultural imperialism when you go there you change their language, change their culture, make them feel weak and inferior to you that they desire you so much. That was what Babylon was like. And Babylon did not take poor people. There's a particular place where God was crying, Babylon has dispossessed me. He has taken all the good people of the land, all the artisans, all the workmen, all the king all the politicians, all the top people Babylon takes them. Guess the people Babylon leaves behind? The poorest of the poor. People who cannot help themselves. So Babylon was a choice, elitist, aristocratic nation that only dealt with the high and the mighty and the very best of the land. But let's go to Isaiah the prophet. At the same time was leaving a prophet called who? He was an accurate prophet. He had the message of doom and death. He could tell a king, put your house in order, you're going to die. And he wasn't joking. And the king knew that he wasn't joking, that this was it. And the king already had lesions in his body. Big things that you call like, no, back in those days when before smallpox, there was big pox. Those ones used to have like big scabs on your body. You just have like an open wound. It's the kind of things that Hezekiah had in his body. Like one wound would cover the whole of your leg like this. And God told Isaiah, tell him to dab raisins, dry raisins on these wounds and the injuries will dry up. For God has healed him. Clear word. The guy went and put raisins and everything was over. Right. 
he came back with a message of chastisement after the king fell again and he gave a prophecy that had to be fulfilled so king hezekiah was a great king but he was insecure he always wanted everything to be about him he was favored by god and conquered a lot of territories but he was still not happy it wasn't enough for him and then he widened his territories and built massive projects restored the temple of god but he could not handle transition the day god comes and meets you and say it is time for you to die say yes lord say yes lord believe me you don't need this life any one more day apart from the days that god has given to you if you live above the time that God has given to you, you will just do rubbish of it. Hezekiah is a classic example. Everything he did after God gave him that life extension was absolute rubbish. Absolutely, he just mismatched of all types. The day God gives you, the days, you know, I said to somebody yesterday, like open the palm of your hands. Just open, open, try it. Open the palm of your hands. You see those marks on your hands? If you place it on God's computer, you have the number of your days. It's very clear that all of us come to earth with a number of days. It's right on the marks of your hands. And people don't die because of anything. They die because their days run out. Of course, some of the deaths are gruesome, accidental, avoidable in our own register. But in the annals of eternity, that's their that's the end of it that's their time they had a purpose their purpose was cut short by death you understand some people never stepped up in the big picture of God his purpose will be done even if one person or two or a thousand misses their destiny so guess who has an urgency do you think it's also is he God yeah your time is limited you're sent here to do something don't waste time. Don't waste time. Amen. Hezekiah had an acceptance addiction. He wanted everyone to like him. He had a self-promotion feeling. He was always feeling inferior. Hezekiah was one of these kind of people, if you compare him to us today, he was always chasing the rich. And the famous people to get favors from them you understand hezekiah wasn't someone who offered a service only hoping that the service would get a reward he was that kind of man who hung around politicians as a psychophant you know psychophancy pays today but do you guys know how many how much psychophancy pays you go around somebody who is of means and say to them oh my god you're doing awesome stuff. Man, the nation is feeling your impact. You know that's what the governors of Nigeria hear every day. People around them telling them, Ah, Alagera Zamaninka. I don't know what that means. But, but in Yoruba, you start seeing them saying, Kabiesi, you're the life giver. Do you understand? If you don't give us life, this whole of this land is not going to survive. You are our God. You know, we, you from God's lips to your lips to us. No, you, you understand? Do you know that psychophancy is a big business in Nigeria? There are people who stay in hotels in Abuja, don't do anything year on year, just waiting for who to praise. And get contract. Do you know some of us are like Hezekiah when we try to help God make our own connections by ourselves? And when your partnership is not drawn of the Spirit of God, you will become like Hezekiah. So, this was the entire city of Babylon. You see, it's huge. Uh, so this is the Tower of Babel right there in the center. There was an aqueduct that ran through the city. There's also a river on the side of the city. It's a huge city. So, I think it's something like 55, they said 55 miles wide. But 
aside the story which we read today there is another story in the back which i want us to read okay behind this story of hezekiah and merodach baladan king of babylon and isaiah there are other characters can we see them okay so second chronicles chapter 32 I'm taking some time to lay from the foundation so you guys can get this. Second Chronicles 32 verse 20. Anyone there? Now because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor leader and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring struck him down with the sword there. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all the others, and guided them on every side. And many brought gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem and, and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations. Um, verse 24. In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death, and he prayed to the Lord, and he spoke to him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Verse 27, Hezekiah had a very great riches, had very great riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of desirable items, storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock and folds for flocks. Moreover, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flock and herds in abundance, for God had given him very much property. This same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlets of Upper Gihon and brought the water by tunnel to the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all of his works. However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him in order to test him, that he might know all that was in his heart. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, indeed, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So this first story we read, you see how the Bible corroborates itself. This is another book, Second Chronicles, it corroborates First Kings. It says it's written in the book of Isaiah, the son of Amos, clearly true. And also written in the book of the of the Kings, which is actually close. So we found all the three scriptures that brought out this story. But here we begin to see more insight. There's a new king who was introduced here called Sennacherib. Say Sennacherib. He was the king of a town called Assyria, which is actually today's Syria. Do you understand? And they were fighting badly against Israel. They laid a siege against Israel at the time when Hezekiah was king. Hezekiah was all by himself when God sent an army and broke the armies of Assyria. And then once the army became overwhelmed, they couldn't do anything. They had to go back home. And once Sennacherib went back home, what did we read? His own sons killed him. Okay. At this time, people now began to see the splendor of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a great king. He was a mighty king. I know every time we read his story, guess all we talk about when he was sick and when he got well. But he did like agricultural product. That moving the river Gihon, he moved the whole natural lake and turned it through a side of the city of David. What does that mean? It means that he opened a corridor for irrigation. Do you guys understand? It was an agricultural project he did. Then he had 
a storehouse for spices, for herbs, for gold, for all types of precious things. And if you read the Bible, the Bible kept saying, he owned it. He owned it. He owned it. Everything God was doing was actually, the man had his own hand on it. He's like, he had a seal of ownership on it. It wasn't like as if this wealth went through the land. There's something super selfish. I want to show you another side of Hezekiah. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not fighting with him or anything. He is actually like someone who God absolutely blessed, opened doors for, made mighty, created avenues for. He tried. At some point in time, he was so proud. So God's anger broke out against Israel. When he saw that God was angry with him, he was a wise man. He went back and what? He knew something about how to get reconciliation from the heart of God. Do you know, don't ever be so proud that you are not able to go back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Even with someone who didn't mean it truly from his heart, God will give him a second chance like Hezekiah. Right? God gave Hezekiah obviously a second chance. And Hezekiah started to unpack what God had provided for him. Part of the beauty of what he gained was the ability to have other kings like him. So kings from other countries were coming to visit him. And what were they doing? Verse 23. What, what did the kings do? And many brought gifts to the Lord many at Jerusalem. Gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem and presents to King Hezekiah. So everybody who came brought gifts to the Lord, offerings to the Lord. Another translation said they brought offerings to the Lord and gifts for Hezekiah. Say offerings to the Lord and gifts for Hezekiah. Say it again, offerings to the Lord and gifts for Hezekiah. Every person who came to visit, this is what they brought. Offerings to God, gifts for Hezekiah. So, as a strong king, he was a reformer and a builder. And as the people came to visit, they brought offerings to God and gifts to Hezekiah. And at that time, Isaiah was the prophet so this Hezekiah represents a successful man in today's world. Hezekiah represents you at the end of a capitalization project and you met your goals. Hezekiah represents someone who was chasing a project and the project just clicked. Hezekiah represents someone who was hustling before and just got a million dollars. Hezekiah represents the man who is at the behest of victory. Someone who, who just got a new job. Someone who just got new power. Someone who was going through a hard place and now is standing in the place of victory. That is Hezekiah. And if that's you, guess what Hezekiah should do? Stay humble. Choose friends. Choose your friends out of those who bring offerings for your God not just friends who bring gifts to you there are some friends who have no recognition for your God those are not your real friends fight for your future sons and daughters Hezekiah did not fight for his future Did you see that clearly they told him this is not gonna happen your children are gonna be taken he said no problem at least not gonna happen during my lifetime had no care for posterity he didn't care about his future he didn't care about his children that was a Hezekiah kind of guy right and the number the final thing is don't let Babylon pass through your treasure so Babylon today is a mighty move of God. Babylon today is something like when 
you are in an unequal relationship. Babylon today is also opportunity. Babylon today is just beginning a new world. You just married, just like a new home. So in some kind of way, this scenario of Hezekiah is actually a representation, not of negativity, but of just awareness, acute sensitivity to the seasons that you are in. God will bring you by a season. And that season, as we learn from Hezekiah, is that God wants to work something through you. And if you read verse 31 of that scripture, it said, Concerning the matter of the envoys from Babylon, the Lord withdrew to test Hezekiah to see what his heart was really like. So, concerning the matter of the kings of Babylon, from that verse 31, do you have verse 31 again? Read here. However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him in order to test him that he might know all that was in his heart. Right. So, let's go back again to the story in uh, 2 Kings chapter 20. Do you remember that? Verse 12. 2 Kings 20, from verse 12. At that time, Beridak Beladan, the son of Beladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. For he heard that Hezekiah had been sick, and Hezekiah was attentive to them. So, Beridak Beladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and presents to who? To Hezekiah. Do you see the difference when all the other kings were sending offerings to the Lord and a gift for Hezekiah? Berodak Baladan, king of Babylon, sent only congratulatory letters to Hezekiah and also sent him only what? A gift. No recognition for his God. No recognition for his journey. No recognition for who he was in the spirit. But those were the people he chose to open the heavenly treasures of his land to. Everything his parents have fought, all the kings have worked hard and acquired and kept as treasury. Those were the people he chose to expose the land to. Those were the people he sent. You know why? As a king, he saw Kenakarib come to attack him. But then he was so afraid of the attack. He was so petrified of the attack that all he could do was not even to wage a military campaign. You know all he did? He just called on Isaiah. He just leaned on Isaiah all the time. He was not able to be a king to rise up and pursue a war. He leaned on Isaiah. But then, in his movement from leaning on Isaiah, he now wants to be now this king. But he went about it the wrong way, by leaning on God's enemies. Is that us sometimes? We want to step forward in life. We want to improve what we have. We want to grow our business. We're just at the beginning of success. We want to build on what we have. Then we now begin to deprecate the people who don't bring offerings to God. If people don't have regard for our God, we begin to open the door for them. People who just offer us gifts and who look so big and so nice and so mighty, we begin to what? Open the door for them. Do you know some of the relationships we have are even relationships that are supposed to kill us? There are some people who have girlfriends. They know that that girlfriend is the death of them. But they can't let her go. You are Hezekiah kind of person. You know, like Samson and Delilah. Samson knew that Delilah was the death of him. He knew. After how many times? He knew. He knew that this woman is going to kill me. But he seemed like powerless. He seemed like powerless. Do you know some people know what is the death of them? 
some of us know that this transaction is the death of us but the opportunity is so big like you know we say something we die there <laughs> we'll die on this one I'll break a leg Oh, 50 cent said get rich or die trying right do you know like we sort of like feel like that man will open the door that woman will be the one this person this person you put in your vision and that is how in awe Hezekiah saw Berodok Baladan king of Babylon this Merodach Baladan was like a mighty king when he wrote, like you see Babylon. Babylon was a modern wonder in their day. The civilization ran through the whole of Asia. All of Europe knew about Babylon. In 500 BC, they were the conquering territory. If they went through any land, they picked up the choice whether they actually picked and chose who they wanted to take prisoners. You read about Daniel, that Daniel was head and shoulders better than anyone and concerning wisdom he was the best so Daniel was what you call a physical genius but also on the outside the Bible says he was good-looking handsome very knowledgeable clued, like sharp guy that's Daniel they took him this was the prophecy that took Daniel out of Israel this was the prophecy of Isaiah that wiped out the children of Israel this prophecy actually did come to pass but not in the days of Hezekiah as God said and Hezekiah was supposed to be the man who was going to intercede and say God no let my children be spared God let another generation stand God let, let this not happen but he said oh no like I'm good it's not in my lifetime it's good it's good it's good let's wreck Nigeria destroy let's eat it all up today tomorrow we all die who cares about the next generation you understand every person who God uses must be a man burdened for the future do you care about the children do you care about tomorrow do you care about legacy do you care about what you're leaving behind so the message today is don't let Babylon pass through your treasure there may be young ladies here today what you have is treasure and i speak this to people who i know have ministries many people in this church are actually ministers you have a small group you have a fellowship team you lead you have a group of people who gather around you you have people you mentor you 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 are a leader of something every most of the people who are here have a ministry have a calling of god but guess what after you go over a mighty victory when you're standing in a good place all of a sudden you're stronger all of a sudden after a big conference like the anointed conference we're all anointed and we're all waiting at that time strike the devil comes from babylon merodach baladan doesn't come at a time when you're weak this demon this spirit doesn't come to attack you when you are tired it comes at the time of your biggest victory you know, there are some demons that attack us when we are weak and tired but the worst the most insidious the one we don't see is the one that attack us when we're good when we're good when we're perfect they just came quietly i said oh and they came like diplomats i had a picture of diplomats so you just come let me show you the, the picture they just came like this came like business conversation people entrepreneurs ideas bringers boardroom people friends smiling oh what do you guys have in your country oh what's that business you have like you know the guy comes he's such a nice man he doesn't even say any bad words he carries my bag he takes me to anywhere I want to go. He sends me flowers every day. Say Baladan. Say it, say Baladan. His wise is just so cool, so intuitive, so resourceful. 
Anything you want to do, he's just so hands-on. Say Baladan. He just has like all these nice business ideas. Me and him would just gel so well. Say Baladan. Oh, you guys are not following. Say Baladan. Don't let Babylon pass through your treasure. Why is Babylon interested in what you have? Why does Babylon send envoys to come and see the glory of God? Do you know you carry the glory of God? Child of the living God, do you know you carry the power of heaven? Do you know your sanctification, your consecration is your spice? Do you know the flavor of the spirit and your power of prayer is what the devil is coming from? It doesn't matter how he looks when he comes. Say Baladan. This is exactly what has taken many people out. At a time of victory. At a time when the door just opened. At a time when you arrive in a new country. You arrive in a new country, just arrive in the UK and say like, oh, finally the MBA I've been believing God for the door has opened and the rent is 400 pounds a month but I can only afford 200 pounds now such a nice guy saying I should move in with him say Baladin You have that business you're working on as a musician they come and said man we just like your voice your voice just has that edge your voice is so unique and then they compare you to they compare you to Kenny G who else do they compare you to Chris Brown no I want a unique voice that everybody knows Luda Vandras Adele, Adele is high. <laughs> let's try, let's try. You know that you know that they are tricking him. They say you are Adele. <laughs> they say like Lighthouse Brothers. You know how they sing. Yeah, how did they say? What's it so? Is alright. And then the sun, it's alright, so cool, sun's gonna shine, everything you do, this guy, it's so cool, the sun's gonna shine, and they said your voice is just so unique, you're just like that guy, we can make you something, and then they say first of all, well, we have some cars, you can have a car. You know, we know you've been trekking. <laughs> and then they say, next thing, we also have some girls, you know, like, a man just has to calm down. You know, when you have the hormones raging, just, just use to calm yourself down and then you can focus on the job again. You say, oh, no, no, I don't want this. They say, okay, no, when you change your mind, you can come back. And after a while, this seduction draws you in. And before you know what's happening, you're on the free fall. Say Baladan. God has put treasure in all his children. Say, I have treasure. I want you to believe this, that you have something, that you carry something phenomenal, that there's something extraordinary inside of you. That your ministry is real and the call of God in your life is true and what God wants to do through you is valid and that's what Babylon comes for Babylon doesn't come for rubbish people it comes for people who have been selected it leaves only the poorest of the poor so now guess what you must do you must stop the entry of Babylon today say amen this is the time to stop the entry of Babylon. 
This is the time to stop the incursion of hell into your affairs. This is the time to, to turn down the wheel on, on the subtlety of the privilege you're getting. This is the time to close the door on those opportunities. This is the time to shut down. It's not just about you being good. It's about the journey of God in your life being good. It's about the glory of God being birthed in you. It's about the power of God coming upon you. It's about the glory of God working something on your inside because you have a gift you have a gift close the door to Babylon close the door to Babylon don't let Babylon pass through your treasure don't let Babylon pass through your treasure it's a time to preach look, look at someone say hello hello my neighbor I'm gonna preach to you you have a gift. You have a treasure. There's something you have that God has given to you. Don't let Babylon in. Don't let the diplomats from Babylon in. Don't let the envoys from that foreign land in. Don't let them in. Don't let them in. Don't let them in. Stop them. Stop them now. Stop them now. Don't let Babylon pass through your treasure. For every king, there's always a prophet. For every person, if you listen very well, the voice of the prophet will be ringing. At that time when, when Babylon comes, guess what God does? Verse 32 of 2 Chronicles, God withdrew to test the heart of this man to see what was really in his heart. It was self-promotion. It was him. It was about him. It was about what he was going to be. It was about his kingship. It was about his era. It was about him, him, just him. He didn't even care about legacy. He didn't care about what he was going to leave behind. He just wanted to have a good name and a good time and recognition from men. He didn't care what God was going to do after he was gone. He didn't say, Lord, no, like Moses prayed and said, God, if you don't want to take this people to the promised land, Wipe my name from the book of life. Was that not a human being? Moses, God told him, Moses, get out of the way. These children of Israel, they have, they have done me wrong. They, I want to use a bad word. They've pissed me off. Right. I'm, I'm done with them. I'm, I'm done with them. Moses, guess what? Let's make a new agreement. I'm going to make a new set of people. I'm going to call them Moselites. Say Moselites. Too much of these Israelites. I'm tired of Israelites. Let's make what? Moselites. <laughs> Moses kneeled down and said, God, what will the people say? They will say, you took them out, but you couldn't take them to the promised land. God, repent. Moses actually said to God, repent from this, your great anger. Wow. Moses said to God, repent. God, repent. Lord, Repent. You know, that's what Moses said to God. I said, God, Moses now added something and said, God, if you're not going to forgive them, exchange, wipe my name out of the book of the life and put this supposed name in the book. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? How powerful is that? How profound is that? But that's not Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a man who was just about himself, not about legacy. Let's live for more. Let's live for bigger. Let's live for more than ourselves and our comfort zones. Let's live for more than just our, our preferences. Let's live for more just than just what we want. Let's live for bigger. Let's reach out with reckless abandonment. Let's touch someone in our world. Let's bring the message and the gospel of reconciliation. Let's know that the people of this time, if they don't hear from us, they're going to go to hell. Let's believe this. That if we don't preach, if we don't share the good news, people are going to go to hell. What are you going to do about this? Are you just going to be comfortable? Like it's not cool to preach anymore. Like it's not cool to share anymore. Like it's not cool to carry other people's burdens anymore. So you live for yourself. So you dwell in yourself. So you live in your ivory tower. So you do only that which benefits you. So you do that only that which serves your own good. The Bible says, Know ye not that you've been bought with a price. Glorify God with your life. Your life is not about you. 
Your life is not just stopping here. What about the children you will birth? What about the future you will bring? What about everybody else who lives in the universe? Do you know God believes that the Christians in the world today, two billion of them, will reach the 6.7 billion people on the face of the earth? You know, God thinks like we're going to just even, if one of us reach five people, you know, we've covered the whole earth. God doesn't think like we can't. God has total faith that someone like you can reach five people, that you can change somebody's heart. That there are even people begging you, preach to me. They're like, I beg, I beg, I don't have time. Let me go and do that meeting. Like, you know, like we have to be, you know, the kind of words we even use for those kind of things, you have to be intentional. I've been hearing people saying about this intentionality, which is actually quite a good thing. But do you know that sometimes you have to stop being intentional and be irrational to reach someone? The person who is broken next to you, intentionality will not help them. Rationality, well, the grace of God, stopping yourself in your tracks, holding somebody's hand, journey with someone will you have a gift what are you going to do with the gift of God we came through a two day conference in which the oil of the unction poured heavily upon us and God said he was commissioning us he was releasing us he was strengthening us to go out into our world and make impact what are you going to do why don't you use what you know how you know it do you know God will not expect you to use the method of someone? Like, I had the opportunity to go to the walls of the place where John Knox was parish priest in Scotland. You know, I went to the place where John Knox used to do street preaching and I climbed the chair there and said to them, the everybody passing on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, I said to them, I come from Africa. In the steps of your great-grand ancestor, John Knox, who used to stand here on this spot where I stand and proclaim the gospel of salvation. And today, this African boy, redeemed on the sacrifice of your missionaries, is back to bring you the good news. And you British people and Scottish people have left the gospel which you gave to us. So repent! The God Almighty who made the heavens and the earth wants to fellowship with you. Come back to Him. Maybe that's not going to be your own style. But your style is to hold somebody's hand. Just hold your hands when they are grieving. And they will consider you a friend. And next time, you can ask them about their life. Maybe your style is a one-on-one. -on -one. It's good enough. Maybe your style is to gather a few people in fellowship and pray over them. Say to someone, it's good enough. Maybe your style is to look for a friend who you haven't heard from in a long time. Look, to, look at somebody else and say, that's good enough. Do you know we all don't have to be preachers speaking from the front on microphones, but we all have something to give. You have something to give. Don't forget. Don't become a Merodach Balatan. Don't become a Hezekiah. Be like Isaiah. Always open to heaven. Attune to the grace of God. Bringing words that were true for time and every season. One more time. Some people here need to make a decision today. So long. Let's close our eyes and hallow this moment. So long you've allowed Babylon to feast all over your treasure. So long you've allowed the king of this world to dominate your life. Let me give you this moment to say, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I could never be the same again. I could never.
we have to let go some of us is in something we need to build some of us is in a business that God is putting before us and we're turning back because it doesn't match our profile some of us is in the door that has been opened the devil will come and suggest things into your mind it's decision time if you close your eyes and decide to Lord Maybe yours is that, Lord, I want to be more honest. I want to be more truthful. Not for anything. Not for worldly fame. Not for filthy locker. Lord, I want you more than anything. I want you, Lord. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. You more than anything. I want you. I want you more than anything. I want you. I want you. I want you more than anything to take my life. And use it for your glory. I want you, I want you more than anything. Come journey with me again. Take my life and use it for your glory. Come walk with me again. Take my life and use it. I want you more than anything. Take my life and use it for your glory. Take my moments and my days. You can have your way in me. I close the door today to Babylon, to Merodach Baladan. I close the door today to Sennacherib, to Babylon, to life. I close my doors today to the seduction of man and the things that I can get. I close my eyes, oh God. I choose you, my God. Saying, I choose you, oh God. I choose you again and again. It's you I want. I want you. I want you more than anything. Let's sing it. I want you. I want you more than anything. To take my life. And use it for your glory. I want you, I want 
it for your honor. I want you, I want you, and use it for your glory to take my days and use it for your honor. I want you, I want you more than anything. Hold the hands of the person sitting next to you. Let's pray for one another. Manusia baliro, nindusa kushaya labre nosta manin kushaya bahai. Membarusante manin kaya di salobre nosta balikra. Father, we declare your glory and your power over us. The power to do right, oh God. The power to choose you. The power to be strong in our resolve in you. The power to stand strong in righteousness. The power to do your will. The power to prevail over Babylon, oh God. The power to prevail over seduction. The power to pre prevail over that which is like our demons would take us over and over. Be upon us and your hand will be outstretched in us, oh God. We yield ourselves to you. We connect to you, our God. We declare your name, your power, your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, work your works in us. Work your works in us, oh God. I want you to take my life and use it for your glory. I want you, I want you more than to take my days and use it for your honor. I want you, I want you more, I want you more than anything. I want you, I want you more than anything. Sing it again. I want you, I want you more than anything. I give him my soul. Someone here needs to close a door to some things that are poisoning your spiritual life. Someone here needs to close a door to a relationship that is depleting the grace of God in your life. Someone here needs to take a, a take to close a door to poison coming into their lives. This is the time. Take a moment and pray for yourself. I destroy, I destroy that open door. I destroy the power. I destroy the seduction. I destroy it today. Of Babylon, oh God. Babylon will not have me. Babylon will not have me. The corrupting element of this world will not have me. The loss of this world, me, oh God. I belong to you. I close the door to that habit. I close the door to that thing that stops me, oh God. Today is the day I decide, oh God. I want you more than anything. Take my days and use it for your honor. Take every day you give to me. Wait it unto you. Take my moments, oh God. Take me, oh God. Take it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.